2: Giants. Giants they're gonna they're gonna make a decision on Daniel here and probably either franchise him or pay him
3: who else is in that division
2: Cowboys Washington you're not joining yeah. and the Cowboys are, are uh, accounted
3: for yeah I don't think he'd go I just don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to Miami because mm. uh, I, I've spelled it out for you bro yeah done yeah it doesn't sound it doesn't
2: man he sound was good. there he was already there this year this offseason right so I'm gonna get back to the guys I know down in Tampa I, I think this is it well, and it, and it should be more important.
3: well you know Tom Brady, does win the divorce.
2: I'm sorry, he I,
3: went because he you know Giselle's worth more right, so he gets he gets the uh spousal support, Isn't that how it works.
2: I, my guess is in the settlement they probably agreed you don't need it since you got 350 million coming from. Is it CBS that hired him? Who's John got Fox? The, Fox that's waiting on yeah, him with the 350. Yeah. He probably agreed that you. Yeah, you probably. I'm not like, taking anything. Yeah, from you probably. Are you sure? She, okay, is she still? You should. Oh, yeah. As of today, October 28, so, 2022. Yeah, I think she
3: definitely is worth more, even when he locks in that 350. Well, he doesn't have it yet. So, I don't know. I don't know how Tom that like
2: looked. What, what Tom Brady look like saying, yeah, oh, I and I want the alimony from you? Well, people – to stop.
3: I don't think he's that petty. I no, he's not. He's, there's no way. Somebody's saying uh, 49ers. That is that is definitely – that is that is no, You know that's not their plan, though.
2: No, they're playing, and, and Shanahan Well, Trey Lance believes ain't him.
3: Trey Lance is not They him. think he is? Well, have you they're seen – They're not it? changing
2: that next year off of an injury? That main loss to y'all. That, that, take them off the list. That was the weather. Take them off the list. Mm. San Fran because their plan is Trey Lance. They they're not they're not an option here. You don't think so? No, they're going to at least give Trey Lance another shot next year. What they're not going to do is go say, "Hey, no, Tom Brady. Let's bring him in here and set Trey Lance back another year." No, they're going to they were ready to hand it to him this year. Well, is Trey Lance? Well, let me ask you this though: Is that, Trey but they, they they can't have made a decision on based on the little bit they saw of Trey Lance this year?
3: They still believe in him. But, that will be the plan to start the year next year. I mean, is Trey Lance ready to win now? Because that's what their roster is built for. Their roster is—they believed a it now, so roster. much,
2: John, that they started him this year and told Garoppolo go sit in the corner. It's not what you and I believe. I'm with you. I don't believe he's ready to win now. Yeah. They clearly believe it. They were handing it off to him this season.
4: Yeah.
3: It's unfortunate because we just have no—we have no sample size of Trey Lance. Oh, I have my doubts. He's still a mist He's a he's total mystery. He's played so little. Yeah. And you're giving him a team that's really
2: ready-made. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And now with McCaffrey, even more so. I think.
3: Uh, uh well there you go. Tom Brady is uh and Giselle are no more. Is Tom Brady gonna be a menace in these streets? Single man, forty six years old? Oh yeah yeah, y'all already know. He's gonna he's gonna be wild, huh? It's like you getting out there.
2: Uh, him and Kraft gonna hit the town.
3: That's right. That's right.
2: You know Kraft's married now.
3: He is married. That is that's so we need to respect that. We need to respect that. I still think they're gonna party. Yeah, you know, there, there is a— Him and Gronk? I would not—I don't envy anybody. I really don't. Like, I want good things for everybody, but I would not mind being Tom Brady for a weekend. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, 46-year-old single Tom Brady. It's probably a lot like being Leonardo. It's, that's what I was thinking. Like, it's very similar to that. I would think so. You know, like, Tom Brady could just go anywhere he wants and get in front of anybody he wants. Like, that's that's amazing. That's pretty. He can't win a game on the football field, though. Y'all say with that surgically changed face, there is no doubt about it, bro. Look at his rookie year. Look at his face in his rookie year. Dude, when
2: you're rich, you get more handsome.
3: No, no, bro. Ooh, yes, you do. He, because he was—he's been genetically modified. Go look at dude. He—he he was like, he was. He, I would not say he was a handsome man coming into the NFL. Just look—look look it up right now. Look up Tom Brady rookie year. Just look at him. You'll see what I'm saying. I thought he was a little chunky. That, that l- was part of it. Like, it, it's just that he doesn't even look like the same guy, bro,
2: to me. Again, I don't know why y'all. It looks natural. It doesn't look, you know, Joan Rivers.
3: Look, look. So
2: look. I don't know why y'all give him such a hard time. I mean, it, we, yeah, it's the thing on the chin that's changed quite a bit, too.
3: Well, it's like, it's like like it's like his cheekbones. He got, he got he got stuff done. He, he got, did a heck of a job. It doesn't look
2: unnatural to me.
3: And I think he got a nose. It, it, it's he weird to, when it's unnatural. Got, you look at Michael a, Jackson, he got, your nose all chopped up. He did get a nose job, though. He got a nose job, which is, again, that's fine. That's, I, don't, I
2: don't get like you and, Je- and Jeffrey Wright. You do the, y'all hold that against him. I don't this hold that. against this him. This is natural. He's got all the money in there. He looks that's what natural. I'm saying.
3: No, it's not natural.
2: It is not natural. I'm saying it looks natural. He doesn't look cut up.
3: He's lost a lot of weight. Man, stop. Face. Stop, bro. That ain't got nothing to do with weight. How does does your nose lose lose weight?
2: No, you usually get it cut down.
3: Do you acknowledge that he got plastic surgery? I,
2: what I tell you is that
3: if he did,
2: and fine, if it looks natural, it's fine. So it's not something that you all need to be stopping and holding against Tom Brady. If someone had butchered him, then yes, mm-hmm. I understand it. Get off the man. He's going through enough. Have yeah. you and Jeffrey right on his back all day about the the surgeries.
3: He's going to be fine. He's going to make it, I think. We all think Tom Brady's going to be fine. We all believe he'll make it
2: through this. Yeah, I, I, I think he's going to be kind of boring in, up in the booth, but we'll see. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. He's he's not going to be Tony Romo. He's not going to have jokes. He's too – uh-uh. Mm-hmm. He's going to be straight-laced. Here's what I know. Probably give you a ton of insight, but yeah, I need, I need, but you got to have more than that. See, Tony's well, got maybe, some charisma up yeah, there, too. Yeah, he might not be funny, just, but he
3: might be really passionate. Like That might be like another thing he brings. Like He might get fired up. I don't know. He gets fired up on the field, so he might bring that fire into the booth, which is great. I, I'm all for it. You know, like Gus Johnson's kind of like that, right? Like it's different. He's call he's play by play, but maybe you know, maybe Tom Brady's like a fiery guy in there. Maybe he goes like I would like to hear you know a little uh, you know tension sometimes in that booth. Like I want somebody to be challenged in there. Maybe Tom Brady. Yeah, doesn't. Yeah, I highly
2: doubt he does that. And see, Drew Brees had the inside too, but was he great? Nope.
3: No, he was boring. Jason went boring.
2: I, I think I worry that Tom will be I don't worry. I yeah. think Tom will be boring.
3: Greg Olson's good. I like Greg Olson. You he's like good. him? He's good. Yeah, he's 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 just smart. He's just a smart guy. You know his son had a heart transplant?
2: I didn't. And Aaron's his favorite player and met Aaron before the game. They have a relationship.
3: Still? Is he still his favorite player even after this season?
2: Yeah. Going I, through a lot though.
3: I think he I think that should be I think he get he gets to change. I think he gets to have a do over. Nobody nobody should have Aaron Rodgers as their favorite player. Nobody.
2: He, he's he's not a he's a jerk, but he's a good football player still.
3: Uh, anyway, Tom Brady, Giselle, no longer come back with the rundown. Uh, Grizzlies got the win last night over the Sacramento Kings. Desmond Bain was amazing once again. Sounds like he and seems like he has found his shot. Uh, so we'll get into that, uh, other NBA. Sean Sosberg's going to join us at 1225. Stick around. Jason and John, Ninety-Two tirefm ESPN.
5: WMFS FM and HD1 Bartlett. WMFS Memphis with a legacy of sports as flagship
0: home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers talk. Always live.
4: Selling a little or a lot? <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher Online Shop stage...
0: on the Free Odyssey app. Download the Superbook Sports, oh, yeah. Sports oh, yeah. Tennessee oh, yeah. app today with Jason, yes, Jason and John live five. from the Tops Barbecue Studios good, on 929 FM ESPN. You
4: came along, now, honey, I've changed my mind. Right. Right right. right. This Great
3: Every round time we do the Rundown, let's go. Now, it's
0: the Rundown, presented by ExploreStLouis.com. The biggest stories of the day from Jason and John on 92.9 FM ESPN. First story.
3: Okay, so yesterday, uh, TMZ reported that Jerry Lee Lewis had passed away only for that report to be um, shot down. <laughs> <laughs> only for... Jerry Lee Lewis to, in fact, pass away a day later. Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, who, of course, is a, a pioneer of, of rock and roll and, you know, obviously the, the great balls of fire described as, you know, a, a great wild man. A wild man, Jason, has passed away at 87. Um, so, so there you go. Uh, look, obviously, Jerry Lee Lewis was, a, was way before my time uh, I mean, I'm 31 years old, so it's not like I, in any way, grew up on Jerry Lee Lewis. But feels like his it feels like his impact on on rock and roll, and whether it's a whole lot of shaking going on, great balls of fire, etc. I know he had the 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 cousin thing. I mean, I know that's part of the story too. Uh, but uh, he did pass away today in DeSoto County, uh, right outside of Memphis, with his seventh wife by his side. So it's one of those like. He lived a, he lived a big life. Jerry Lee Lewis lived a big, uh, you know, he lived, I don't right. want to, I don't want to live a life that big. I don't need seven wives. I think at some point you would say, I don't want to remarry. Maybe after the fifth, it's it doesn't seem to be working. Uh, at that point, marriage, the institution of marriage, um, you know, I've always said if, if if you know if me and Sam end up whatever, I hope it doesn't happen. But I've always said if it does, I will not remarry. Like that's I, I, I can't go through this again. Can't? <laughs> Were you kidding
2: me? You can't. I mean, first of all, you shouldn't be talking like that. Second of all, you couldn't say
3: that. Well, I um, can't say that for sure. It's just too hard. It's hard, man. It's very difficult. Uh, but uh, but yes, Jerry Lee Lewis passed away. Uh, at eighty-seven, look, I wish I was—I uh, wish I was an encyclopedia of you know. I wish I was the Rolling Stone. You don't need to be though. you know. Um, but you'll have to wait for Monday at ten a.m. for the
2: for the real. Oh, I heard some of it earlier this week. Yeah. Put them along the same lines of a, a Little Richard, you know, down a peg from the Elvises, and I think in terms of that categorization, it's probably about right, right? Yep. You know, of, of his impact on music. Exactly. You know, Johnny Cash there with him.
3: Yeah, like I, you know, I, I'm, again, that's just an era that I Dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah, I did not grow up on that. I did not grow up on that era of music, but it is no doubt uh, influenced the Could today's play the thing with his foot, too, couldn't it? Is that right? Play that piano with his foot.
2: Brad knows a little thing or two about Jerry Lee Lewis. You want to come in, music man, and add add your thoughts?
6: I only know about Jerry Lee because of my father, because that's my dad's era. Okay. You know, my, there dad, you go. my dad was in the Vietnam era, which my father is 76 now. And for some, they liked Jerry Lee more than Elvis's music because it was really, really, really wild outlaw sort of rock and roll when it emerged in the 50s and the 60s, right? Because a mm-hmm. whole lot of shaking and that piano, the foot on the piano, you know, that, that was something that's a spectacle. I mean, we see it by people who try to emulate it in this area, right, who, who still do the circuit, who play that sort of rockabilly, rock and roll stuff. And you you saw it in Walk the Line, even the character of Jerry Lee Lewis. And he's, when you have Elvis movies, there's usually this kind of, um, I wouldn't call it an adversary, but like, you know, it's kind of like exhibit A of the guy who's kind of not walking the line. You know, the cousin and all the craziness and stuff like that. Sun Records was obviously part of that story. And you see the Million Dollar Quartet and and that sort of thing. But um, I actually, personally, am a bigger fan of whole lot of shake-in. Yeah. And, and there's some really good gospel stuff. or And then songs like You Win Again, which is a really deep, sort of uh, deeper meaning song. Um, and it might kind of be part of his story of having seven wives. But man, he liked to uh, get after it with women and Clearly, with the cousin at thirteen, there's there, he didn't have much restrictions on his personal life. So. Most those guys
2: did, like getting after it a little bit. I mean, most this those rock he, and roll guys back in
6: the day. So. He really took it to the extreme, though. I mean, there was no holding back Jerry Lee. So it was. I will say that unfortunately, part of his story is this new era with TMZ getting paid uh, or paying people to leak these stories about their death, because you immediately see the story about him dying earlier this week from TMZ, and then it's taken back, and they say we regret this error. Well, it's like. Once the cat is out of the bag and somebody's on their deathbed at eighty seven years old, that kind of sucks, don't you think?
3: I think I would I think the perfect the perfect thing would be to to not die but have it reported that you died. Because you get to see all the nice things people say about you and think about you while
6: you're still alive. That's not generally how these families view it. They view it as we didn't get to tell our story the oh, way sure. we want to tell it. For sure. You know, it
3: sucks. But like I would I would like somebody to tweet. John Martin has died. And, I hadn't looked on it that And then, well. and then I get, they guess, you know, oh, now everybody's all, you know, oh, this is what they think, here's what they think about you. You know, man, he was la la yeah. la whatever, you know. But yeah. then you're not actually dead. Yeah. You know, you get to, like, enjoy. Because that's the thing is, like, we don't, it, while we're on this earth uh, in, in the physical form, you know, I, I don't know, people are just not really nice to you. <laughs> Just generally speaking, people are not nice. They wait until you are no longer here to be nice to you or to say nice things about you, by and large, right? Um, nobody is, is an a-hole uh, when someone dies.
2: Yeah. You know? I didn't always agree with him. Right. But I respect
3: him. That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. Like, Jerry Lee Lewis is going to hear. Now, I think Jerry Lee was probably a guy who um, people adored in in most parts of the world right he's great talent uh, all that iconic because of top gun because of yeah. great ball
6: that that one song i you could argue that that is m- one of the top 10 songs of all time how big it is because of movies and and everything else it was in both top guns yeah. like that song forget the the catalog which is you win again some of the gospel stuff another place another time and some of his other stuff or but but that song great balls of fire and the Dennis Quaid movie in 89 like, that one song is a – that's a that's a hell of a – that is a kick-ass song, man. I forget
2: what you think of Jerry Lee. Yeah, I don't remember that movie with Dennis Quaid. How did it stack up against the Elvis movie?
6: It was called Great Balls of Fire. It was um, 1989. It was sort of a cartoon version of, of Jerry Lee okay. is how Rolling Stone is describing it. Um, I remember it vaguely. I'll have to go back and watch it this weekend. Yeah, I don't remember that He one. started slowing down, though, because he had some health problems. I think he had sure. a stroke and – obviously, he he can he owned the bar downtown. My dad and I used to love going downtown to Jerry Lee's place because they they flipped
3: it from the you know, and it yep. was a piano bar i think eighty seven, which is which is the age he he obviously i I think that's a nice age to go. I do. I feel like, all right, you know, you're not a hundred and seven years old. To where you're like, like you're just a skeleton
6: at that point. He was doing shows though because it felt like it felt like he was doing it to prop himself up. He needed the money because oh, it, sure. like, it was like no, no, no disrespect, but it was like they were propping him up for some of those late concerts. But I mean, if
3: you're doing if you're doing shows in your eighties, like Yeesh. like that's amazing. Well to you. Exactly. Like I, that's impressive. No matter how bad. I mean, it's gonna be bad. You're in your eighties. But I got you know, if you, if you told me right now, yeah. eighty-seven, take it. I'm going to lock that thing in. I'm like 3 and one on a Grizz road trip. I'm going to lock when that When you're 87, in. though, you don't. You'd like a
6: few more if you're in good health.
3: I don't know. It's impossible for me to know. But I, I saw, like, some TikTok where, the they, you know, he was it was a 68-year-old man. And they said, the guy asked him, this was just a random interview on the street, he said, what does it feel like to be 68 years old? And we could actually ask Jeff this because he's close. How dare he, you. He said, he said, you wake up in the morning, and he wasn't bitter about this, Yep. He said, "You wake up in the morning and you feel like you just played an entire day of tackle football, right?" <laughs> he says, he, "He says you're sore in places that you have no idea why you're sore." And then you go into the bathroom, yeah. and you look into the mirror and you see this person sit staring back at you. You say, "My God, I am old." <laughs> that's what he said. It's like that's what he said. Being sixty-eight is like, which you know, look, I think there is, I think there is beauty. In aging, because, you know, you're still on this earth. You're going through life. You're seeing kids grow up. You're seeing things. The world change around you. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I don't think I'm going to look very forward to feeling like I played football the day before, bro. Like, you know, for no reason. Oh, I didn't even do anything yesterday. I'm just old. I'm trying to get to Sister Jean. 100 and some odd years old? Better believe it. I think you you inflated her age yesterday. No, I'm pretty sure she's at least 100. She's 100. She's 103. I said
2: 102 and 103. I was joking the first time. I came back and...
3: Got the record. You wouldn't want to live to 103. If I'm still throwing out first pitches and everything. Well, she really isn't. With, you know,
2: 90 miles per hour like she
3: did. Yeah, of course. That had some real zip to it, didn't Mm -hmm. it? Yeah, it hit the damn, uh, it hit the
2: uh, person to the side. I don't know. I want as much life as possible because I want to see, you know, everything my kid's going to do.
3: Yeah, but then at some point you become the burden.
2: what? Yes, you become a burden. Well, I, yeah, I do not want to be that on my family. Sure. Yeah. So if that's why. You so know, it's like
3: that's what I'm saying. Like I want to be moving around and stuff when I'm 80. But if if it's to a point to where you got to come over and like you know do everything for me, I just I would just just take me, please. Take me at that point. John
2: is literally looking up at the Lord.
3: Well, yeah, I, I don't.
2: Yeah, I don't. He might answer that. I don't, I mean, don't want my careful. family's yeah. last image of me, and it's nobody's fault. No, it's, this is that. That's a valid point. Yeah, yeah. I don't
3: want my.
6: Oh, we got to no go. Weigh anybody. We got to go get Dad out of the bed, dude. Jerry like, Lee's last 20 years have been wild as yeah. far as health. He's had a. He's been in bedridden at times. A stroke. He had drug addiction the last 30 years. Like, he's... Yeah. his last 30 years have been a bitch, man, and and a burden probably for some of his caretakers. He's lucky he was able to have a source of money, probably some of these. Royalties and stuff, mm-hmm. you know that ain't the way to go. He had to go to the Betty Ford Clinic. Addiction to Painkillers. I'm reading through his his Rolling Stone uh, bio oh, yeah. here. Oh he yeah, lived a hell of a life. Jesus, I mean it. It is worth taking a look at some of his biopics and some of these movies that he's featured in because you know with actors or the Dennis Quaid mm-hmm. one because it's it's pretty wild history with and very much linked to Memphis history of music. Much like Elvis, I, yeah. I should add. So uh, R I P to. Jerry Lee Lewis. A
3: legend. Uh, a legend, no doubt. We'll talk to Sean Salisbury when we come back, get his thoughts on the Buccaneers on the internet. End- old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter
0: all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here?
4: Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived.
0: Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
4: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
0: Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at t slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.
3: NFL. Baby, we got chicken in the Sean Salisbury is the host of the Sean Salisbury Show, Sports Talk 790 in Houston. He's on Twitter at Sean Unfiltered. joins us every week throughout the NFL season. He joins us now. Sean, what's up, man?
7: Doing good. How you guys doing, man? Everything. Good to be on with you. Yeah, everything
3: is, you, is good in Memphis. Um, but but want to start with Tampa Bay, where everything is not good. Everything is bad in Tampa Bay. I got to tell you, Sean. I thought after the first drive of that game, they respond by forcing a punt. I said, okay, everybody exhale. They're back. They're back to doing what they do. Brady looks good. He's locked in. And then, you know, it, it just sort of unraveled from there after they get up seven to three. What do you, where do you begin when you diagnose uh, the issues with Tampa Bay's team, both offensively and defensively?
7: Well, it looks like when we went in, we thought, you know, I, I think a lot of people felt going in when they were healthy that it was one of the better rosters Brady had there. Honestly, when you think about it, with you know, Godwin getting healthy and Evans, and they felt Julio Jones was going to be healthy, and he had Fournette. and Defensively, they're still really good. Obviously, they ran into a pretty good quarterback and a different and unique game plan where they threw it first last night and then hammered the run in the second half, meaning Baltimore. You know what it looks like to me, guys, is that for the first time maybe in our – since, well, in 23 years, or since he's been the starter of 22, whatever it's been, that Tom's always been able to overcome, or should I say, average or at times mediocrity around him. You know, when, I'm not saying the players were mediocre, but you know what I'm saying. Without having star after star after star after star, we saw it in New England. They got Moss for about a year and a half or so, and had Gronk. But he's, in truth, when you go through his career, how many guys had it before he got to Tampa? Did he play with on the offensive side of the ball that were going to be hall of famers? Gronkowski will, Moss will, but he had Moss for a short period of time. So. It looks to me like, and it's not just on Tom, he still puts up numbers and all that, is that after this many years in a league and with all the injuries and that if that if he doesn't play perfect, they can't win. And aside from that, even when he does, they're dropping more balls. They just look they, they look sluggish to me. They look slow offensively. Uh, the sense of urgency that I always see with them is not there. Now I understand the distraction and, yeah who who wants to go through divorce nobody wishes that on anybody he's always been able to compartmentalize mm-hmm. distractions uh deflate gate controversy and apply it and use it to his advantage but you know twenty three years in uh, a bunch of injuries normally he's overcome injuries too it looks like this time he can't and it's not just it's not fair to just put it on him because he'll play at a high level he'll still throw for four thousand yards and he'll still compete his ass off but drop balls, and this guy hurt, and that guy out in this defense. We've always known him at some point in the season, the rallying cry comes, and I'm with you. You see him go down and say, okay, this is that turning point in their season. And then they just got sluggish again and didn't throw a touchdown until later in the game. It just, It's not the same, and I'm not saying his game's fallen off so bad, but I don't think he can, car- <coughs> can carry guys that are not playing to the best of their abilities. Their offense is slow and their offense lacks a sense of urgency, Uh, they may still make the playoffs because it's such a bad division, and then with him in the playoffs, who the hell knows anything can happen. But right now they're not even at – I mean, I I can name ten teams in two seconds that are better than they are, and I don't believe he's coming back after this year no matter what. I think this is it, and he'll be in the broadcast booth. But he'll still compete. I just don't think they're very good offensively, even though they've got some quality players they're not good enough to overcome all these injuries right now.
2: Sean, I'm just curious. I know it's a different situation, but what what was your decision on retirement like? I ask you that, you know, having listened to Kurt Warner talk about Aaron and Tom and say, man, when you're not having fun anymore out there like that and it gets that hard, you know, it, even as hard as it is to cross that line on into retirement, you don't want to – you know, the, every player gets to that point. So was it hard? What was? I'm just curious, your situation, yeah. what was it like for you, Sean?
7: Yeah, think about in any event for our lives, guys, you know, in this business or any business, think about if you grew up doing something that I'm talking about you absolutely love yes, and you were good at it, yep. right? You're yep. good at it. And then finally, somebody coming to you in the infancy of your life, normally in your 30s, if you're lucky, in your 20s is the most part. I mean, you're in your 20s, and what, what three and a half, 3.2 years is the average career span for a guy mm-hmm. who plays in a league? So imagine somebody coming to you and saying, dude, you, you, you can't do what you love anymore. Now so And, and, have, and you look at them like, well, are you, are you crazy? Of course yeah. I can't. Right. And now you do it, and you keep doing it, and something you've been good at, and you've, you've dominated and been the best at what you've done in your city your whole life. Um, but it, it just, so it wouldn't matter. Somebody came to us right now and said, stop your career now. We want to see you, Like, Well, wait a minute. I love doing this. And then you have to go find and It would be a bummer because we love to do it. And Tom's loved it, you know, as, as any athlete, for me, and I think it, it, there's different you – know, you, know the you know what the easiest retirement is? And I, just, I understand when I say this, is having somebody make the decision for you. Mm-hmm. Like, like, for instance, let's say I had two more knee surgeries over and above the six I've already had, right? And a doctor didn't pass me on a physical. Yep. And he said he can't play anymore, dude, or a shoulder or a concussion. Or like what happened to, you know, I'm not saying it's easy. Like when Sterling Sharp would have been a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, right? Yes. And in Green Bay with a neck injury. Or, or like even in Steve Young and Traikman, do you, do you really think that Steve and Troy wanted to quit playing? No. Their bodies got beat up, you know, where it's almost to the point where the ultimatum part of it, right? So they that competitive. So it's almost like if somebody were to come to me for me in my life to say, Sean, your knees, you can't pass the physical anymore. It would have been easier. I understand to retire because somebody yeah. made the decision. You get, you get what I'm saying. Absolutely. Where you just can't do it anymore. Well, Brady's still playing 5,400 yards last year at a high level. But also, I'll tell you when I knew because I was still healthy enough to play even after the surgeries, is when I went to off-season camp, and I'll never forget it. It was my I'd played 10 years. I was going on my 11th year, and it it became work. Mm. The off-season of of and I was a hard train. You know, worked hard at it. And I'm not Brady or anything, but it's, it's relative for anybody that plays, right? Yep. Ten years was a good run. And I knew, truthfully, and I don't mean this arrogant, but as a backup and part-time starter, two years after I'd quit playing, Denny Green and Brian Billick had both called me two straight years and offered me a contract because they had injuries. They knew I knew the system. I was reliable. I was a good mentor to guys that they wanted to bring up that was going to be a young quarterback, like Brad Johnson, yep. but also could fit in with a veteran, and that was a good teammate. I don't mean it arrogant. I just was in whatever role you put me in. So I could have played five, six more years which would have been an 18, 16, 17, 18-year career. And when they asked me and offered me a contract, I was broadcasting my first year at ESPN, and I promised myself when I walked away I was never going back. And trust me, the money then, even though it's less than than it is now, but it was still very significant compared to what I was making my first year as a sideline reporter and in the studio in a broadcast job that I was trying to make my way, right? But I said no. And I look back and say, man, I wonder what it would have been like if I'd have played five or six more years. But I knew my offseason of my last year, I mean, the offseason going into my 11th year, that I didn't. I loved the competition, but I didn't love all the process it took to get there. I knew it was work. I remember when it hit me in the parking lot of San Diego Stadium on an offseason workout. And I thought, you know what, we'll see. But then I, my, my mind started to shift into a, my post-career. And that June, later that June, I walked away and had a job in broadcasting three months later. So for a guy like Brady or anybody else, this thing, and when you're playing at a high level, you know, most of us know when it's time for a guy to go. And Tom, still the guy at 5,400 yards and 40-plus touchdowns last year, when is it time? Right. When is it time? So I don't know. It's easy for us to sit back and say, yeah, he should have retired. Well, he's one play away and a game away from being in the Super Bowl again last year and an MVP-type season, so... I don't know when the time is. It's different for everybody. But sometimes when you got to make that decision, it's hard to walk away from what you love and you've been doing great for your whole for your whole life. Quite frankly,
3: yeah, uh, I completely agree. Well said. Uh, now this weekend, you you guys are hosting the Tennessee Titans down there in Houston. I'm saying you guys you may not claim the Houston Texans, and I would certainly <laughs> understand why you would not. Right. What am I missing? The line's only two and a half. Houston got undressed last weekend in the fourth quarter by the Raiders. The Titans have lost a combined three games in the AFC South in the last three years. Uh, what am I missing? I mean, should this not be? I mean, I, 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 an expected Tennessee rolling here. What do you think about this matchup?
7: Well, when you see that by Vegas that line, immediately you should take notice and say, "Ooh, they don't build hotels and casinos with air conditioning for yep. nothing, right?" Yep. There's something I can tell you. One is. Remember last year now, the number one seed in the NFL, the Texans rolled in there and beat them in their building. They play them well. Look over the history of those three losses. I know, excuse me, one of them to the Texans for sure. And, hell, it may be. Isn't it, it may, it's it may two, be two of the second. three,
2: isn't it, John? Yeah, it's two I, of the I, three. I think so. It is. I actually do yeah, think it's you're two. You're right, Sean. It's, one, it's it two of the three. Two. Two. It's two. And they, right. were,
3: and they were both so, in Nashville, weirdly. So you're absolutely right,
7: right. right. On the road. Now, this one's at home, um, but they play them well for whatever reason. And Tannehill's, you know, been in a walking boot, so I imagine Vegas takes that into account in case you had to play, you know, a backup quarterback. But also with the way they play. But here's my concern this year: why I would take Tennessee and give those points away is guys they don't tackle anybody. Now maybe they, you know, they maybe they rear their head. You know how people get up. You never know what it, what drives a professional athlete to say, okay, enough. They know the Kings come into town and Derrick Henry. They know it's a full-grown man, and you've got to be a monster and gang tackle him, and, and you've got to bring four and five and six guys around, wrap up and gang take. can't be one or two. It's got to be a group of them to come and tackle somebody like that because he's so good, and yet he's good in space too. But they're, guys, they're bad. Linebacker play when it comes to tackling, and then the sustaining of it on offense and closing games out, they haven't been able to do. But Pierce is a really good player. I understand the point spread. But here's another thing they're going to face. If, in fact, which they're going to do, put a bunch of people like Jalen Petrie around the line of scrimmage, now guess what happens? Play action. You're going to see a lot of single coverage, and they don't really want to do that. Lovey likes to play a bend but don't break. If you try to play two high safeties against Derrick Henry, he'll rush for 230 yards on you. So now you've got to bring an extra body down, so that lends itself to single coverage on the outside, play action so your, your db's better be ready for a good test in the passing game but even then henry's good enough to bring his own blocker i like tennessee in the game they're won four in a row mm-hmm. and they also know the stat you brought up that they've lost two of the three of the three of the two of their three losses are to the texans and at times they shouldn't have been beat by them especially last year when you're the number one seed in a team picking third in the draft waltzes into your ability building and beats you and pretty stiffly too with the way they played
2: Sean, do you like Daniel Jones? You know, where, you know he's not turning the ball over this year. He's got Dable. Lord knows that's that's a guy who can help you, and he certainly has. Yeah. If you're the Giants, are you resigning him? What are you doing with Daniel Jones?
7: I th- I th- I actually think that this is a uh, an audition for a long term deal. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think most of us were ready. I-, I hate the word quit on it, but I think most of us had resigned ourselves to the fact that they're going to get another guy at the end of this year. I right? was there. I was and right it's there. The Giant, yep. yeah, me too. Well, Barkley's been hurt. Who knows what kind of now We see how – isn't it amazing when a couple guys start to pick up their game? <laughs> what happens if you're well coached? Look at Daniel Jones. They're running the hell out of the ball. They, they, they're, they got buy-in. Coaching matters, and Dable's got them believing that they're – and when are we going to start giving them credit at 6-1? and one? Yep. They keep winning, and they keep doing it. I'm going to tell you what I think about him. I've always known he was smart, and I've always known, guys, he's got a load of, and I, I hate the word, upside and potential. Uh, potential gets coaches fired. But for some reason, he's always been also a turnover machine, right? Yep. Yep. Leads the league in fumbles, makes costly. You're thinking, man, I know he's better than this, but sometimes when you're on a bad team and the expectations – Uh, of a first pick, you know, top six or seven, whatever it was, quarterback, that you put more pressure on yourself to do it, and the coaches don't take away from that. They add to it. It feels to me like Brian Dables walked in and said, listen, dude, I'm going to put you in every position to be successful, unlike your predisp, the people before me. I'm also, we got a healthy back. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to hold the ball long. You can throw it away. You don't have to make every play with your feet or your arm. I almost, and it's also guys' maturity. We're so used to crowning guys, Patrick Mahomes in year one and two. Yeah. Really, the natural evolution of a position. This is about the time you say, oh, the light switch went on. He's got some good players, and he's actually playing better football and protecting the ball. He's had a shift in paradigms. His coach has a lot to do with it. Dable knows how to coach. He's the, he, he and Pete Carroll are the coaches of the year in football, in my opinion, mm-hmm. with what they've done. Look what's going on with Geno Smith. Guys been a perennial backup trying to make teams. And the, dude, and the dude's the best quarterback right now in the NFC West. He is the best quarterback. So look at it. Look, Russ leaves, and he's playing better. Yep. I mean, it just, it, it's fascinating when you get somebody who believes in you, and Daniel Jones has that, and Daniel Jones, the light switch has gone on. Now, who knows how it's going to last. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think – I think right now if you went in the front office and with Brian Dable behind closed doors uh, on a come-to-Jesus cigar and beer meeting, mm-hmm. I don't think they would, ever, would be able to decide for you yet if they were quitting on him, I'll bet you going in the off season they said, well, he's going to have to do a lot to keep this job. And he's doing a lot to keep the job. I, I think it's going to be an interesting second, third, two-thirds in the last half of the season where Daniel Jones goes and if, if he's able to pull through on this and say, you know what, this is our future. He's shown some flashes of it, which I like.
3: Uh, big. It feels like a very big game for both teams in, in the uh, in the Caesar Superdome, whatever they're calling it these days in New Orleans. Raiders and the Saints, and it also feels like they're two franchises that are pointing in different directions. The Raiders seem to have found something. The Saints are banged up and having having trouble finding ways to win. Uh, it's hard to win on the road in the NFL. Certainly, you know that better than anybody on this show right now. But what do you expect in this game, Raiders and Saints? Can the Raiders find a way? to get to, would this be 500? No, it'd be three and four. We're getting close to 500, Sean. Yes,
7: yes. And they're and they're getting it right at the right time. Now, I'm, I'm sitting here saying, well, is it because they beat the Texans and what, was it the Chargers? Was there one before that? Who'd they beat before that? Uh, I can't remember. It, who? I don't Denver. Think it, uh, it was Denver. Denver. Yeah, exactly. Denver. Yeah, I Denver. wish it was the Denver Chargers. Denver, the Texans. Right. Yeah, they played that before that they they got the Chargers much. They got I think they got the Chargers about the opening game of the season is what I'm thinking. So, um, but yeah, with Denver and Texans now, I'm sitting here saying, well, it's two fairly inept offenses, and but but I don't care about that. They're pros, and I like the I like the trend. There's no question. Oh, do I think they can go beat New Orleans? Absolutely. Putrid division, meaning the South. Hell, the AFC West's got to start to get better itself because the Chargers have been a disappointment uh, as far as. You know, even though their record said they're, they're, they're better than they've played, I think. And the Broncos, well, they're the Broncos. So, yeah, I do. I think offensively they can move the ball. And at the beginning of the year, oh, I, I thought New Orleans was a Super Bowl caliber defense, and I think most of us did. They didn't get worse this off season on defense. Well, they're not getting stops. You're moving the ball, and then the quarterback situation's up and down, right? You're going back with Dalton this week. Jameis loses the job. Will he get it back? With his injury, and now Dalton. I can tell you this, their their future ain't starting the quarterback in New Orleans. This has assured you that you're not giving Jameis some five-year, you know, $150 million deal or whatever. And we know where Dalton is. He's a backup and a spot starter who's had his best years. Both of them good players but not good enough for the future. So, yeah, they can win. And that point spread will tell you that, too. Normally, you're, you're giving away, you know, you're getting points going on the road. What a field goal. They're going on the road. Tough place to play. I'm anxious to see what kind of energy is in the building, but massively underachieving and and really beating themselves with costly turnovers last week. And if they don't turn it over, New Orleans' defense can play. But I'm just telling you, the way the Raiders are going now, if they'll – Josh Jacobs has been the – well, he's the MVP on the team right now. Keep feeding him and mix in play action. I like the way the Raiders' offense is trending, and I love that Josh Jacobs is playing like this. This looks like the guy when he came out of Alabama.
3: Uh, Sean, I, we we were talking at the beginning of the show, and we know you're a, a, a major Raider fan. They have re-released the starter jackets, uh, you know, from the '80s and the '90s. There, they hell put, yeah, they've put them yeah. all yeah, out buddy. for every team. So my question is, what is like your? Because if you're a Raider fan, you have the gear. Like, there's no, you can't be a Raider fan and not have the gear. What's like your when you're trying to like, all right, you're you're trying to put on your best Raider fit. Like, what's that proudest uh, you know item you've got?
7: Uh, an eye patch? No. <laughs> I got a silver and black thin hoodie that I love. Very it's got nice. Raiders across the front of it, half silver, half black. But it's it's like the thin kind that you can wear even like in the summer if you're go. You know what I'm saying? Where it's not too. Yes. It's not too hot. so I like something you'd wear under like a sport coat, but not the Raider look. But that 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 material. Um, I I uh, the patch I wear over my eye when the Raiders. No, I'm kidding. Um. Front for me, it's uh, the members only Al Davis jacket. Oh, I still yeah. think about Ooh, remember the old wee. Al and oh, members yes. only. Yes. Yeah, see, two, two, they, some don't remember that silver member or the white members only Al had on like 345 days a year. So clean, or maybe 365. A- absolutely. But I'm yes. gonna tell you, the new letter. The, the, I mean, the new uh, starters. Those jackets. Don't think I'm not gonna be online getting one. You I can you tell to. you that. You yeah. got John's
2: asking. I'm, John's asking yeah, you these Raider and, questions, Sean, wearing one right now. That's why we're talking about thinking well, how,
7: you how go. good you'd look I'm, in I'm, one of these. I'm, I'm all in. I got, I, guys, I saved, you know, I'm not a big memorabilia collector, but, I, you know, jerseys from each team that I had for me. Absolutely. And you know what I still have? And somebody made me a big offer on it. I give away the old school shiny starter jacket that you'd wear on the sidelines. It was like a, a button-up the front starter jacket, Ooh. the shiny material yes. from when I was in Minnesota. Dude, it's it's still I mean it is in perfect condition, and I think man if they ever got brought that stuff back like they're doing made it retro those things are at the time when they finally played out you're like okay yeah what's the big deal you go back like anything else like the old car you gave away these say why'd I give that '65 Mustang why'd I sell it for three grand in the '80s right so yeah no I'm with you and I will be on there I'm constantly searching Raider sites and old school stuff because that that's still come on man when the silver and black are just the logo and the uniform, and when they go white on white with the silver old-school numbers, there is no better uniform there on ain't. the planet.
3: There uh, ain't. Yep. There ain't. You know, 49ers, you. 49ers fans out. will take issue with that, but I'm
2: sorry. I
7: don't care. That's right. I don't <laughs> care. Yeah, and you know what? I guess that one, I'll obviously the Chargers powder blues, but you know what's an underrated one? What's that? Is the is the New England Patriots red jerseys with the old school center on the helmet. I I, I agree.
3: I agree. Uh, Underrated, highly.
7: But the the Raiders, black and silver, and that just the toughness about it. Whenever I see it, I still think Blanda, Stabler... You know, Ted Hendricks, that whole group, Tatum, and, and and Blitnikoff. So, yeah, I'm going to be all over it, man. So, wear it. man. I, the, you, now that you told me, I'm going to wear that damn thing to bed uh, once uh, I get there it. There you so
3: go. I'm, I'm rocking it. Hey, Sean, appreciate You're the, the man, time, as sir. always, dude. Thank Thanks. you.
7: You guys are the best. Have a great weekend. Go Astros. Astros in 6
3: That's there, I'm there, with oh, it. Yeah, we should have asked you. Yeah, Astros in six. There you have it. Thank uh, you, Sean. Yeah, he is. Thanks, guys. Sean Salisbury uh, joins us every single Friday here on the show. Yeah, We, we all have Astros in five he has Astros in six. He knows the team a little better than we do. So it's just a matter of how long it takes as opposed to uh, what will happen.
2: Oh, people think uh Philly's gonna get a couple here. No. I can see Come him on
3: getting guys. one. Come on, guys. Give him a little more credit. I can see him getting one. I can see him getting one. I mean, they do have they have a they have a couple aces, Nola and uh, Wheeler. They Nola's going one. against
2: Verlander though.
3: Yeah, so it'll probably be Wheeler then. It'll probably be the the that game. Probably the game two, right? Maybe I mean Nola's very good
6: and their hitting is very good. So.
2: Houston has a chance to become just the second team to go undefeated in the postseason since the LCS was added in 1969. That's wild. Wow. They have been
6: a machine. That's wild. They that will is, continue that is to a be. Fact I there. think
2: they lose one five games.
6: Wow. Seven. That's that's. I mean, I when you say it like that, I have, I'm following you. They are machine. Tough. They are tough.
3: Uh, we got some picks for you. Do that at 1 o'clock. And then Anthony Sands is going to join us at one twenty-five. Stick around. Jason and John, you Turn FM, ESPN. Hey, now it's the perfect
2: time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Why? Because right now you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 new customers. That's an awesome deal. That's free bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just sign up with the promo code JSmith. FanDuel makes it easy. They've got all your favorite bets, money line, point spreads, player props covered. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout. That's called the same game parlay. We've been telling you about it. Join in on the fun. With live betting, too, you're going to get those updated odds on games that have already started. FanDuel's up to the second with their live odds, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So sign up today again with the promo code JSmith for your no-sweat first bet. Once again, it's promo code JSMITH. Very easy. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official Sportsbook partner of the NFL and, of course, of 92.9 FM ESPN. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets. that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789.